Hello, and welcome to another compressed fusion reaction on an episode of Doctor Who Flux. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. Tonight we're looking at Chapter 4, Village of the Angels. After watching Village of the Angels, I had to ask myself a question. What makes a good, memorable episode of Doctor Who? Perhaps even, what makes an episode versus a story? Village of the Angels was tense and riveting, and really, for the first time in Flux, it actually felt like it was part of a bigger story. Not like a standalone detour like War of the Suntarans. To a point. Nor did it feel like a forgettable, time-wasting flinging of shit at the wall to see what sticks, like Halloween Apocalypse or Once Upon a Time. On that last point, immediately after watching Angels, I said to myself, what happened last week? Oh yeah, the Suntaran story. Uh, hang on, that's not right. I had to refer to my notes to remember virtually anything about Once Upon a Time. But we're here to talk about Village of the Angels. Yes. It's an absurdly overcomplicated trap for the Doctor. Yes, it makes Claire's introduction in Halloween Apocalypse look even lamer. Yes, the revelation that the Division is everywhere and uses everyone makes them seem comically incompetent. And while I really felt like it was part of something bigger, somehow the structure of being nothing more than a trap sprung made the episode feel somehow inconsequential. The majority events we saw during the show were just complications. It made me ask the question, what was this thing I just watched? Put those questions and observations aside, and this was 56 minutes of television that kept me glued to the set for the first time in years on Doctor Who. Let's give credit where credit is due. That's exclusively because of the Weeping Angels, who can be brilliant villains. Here they're used very effectively in a very effective and spooky setting. They're dangerous, they breed terror, and they are a threat on a personal level, and their threat seems impossible to overcome. And that's what raised the questions in my mind. When I look back at Flux years from now, will all that I remember be Village of the Angels? Does that make this a standalone episode or part of a whole? Surely no one looks back and says, damn, I loved episode four of Mind of Evil. It's one of my favorites. And yet, here we are with this awkward pendulum swinging back and forth. Another oddity, am I the only person who feels that by part four of a six-part story, some things should feel like they're starting to resolve? We're barreling driverless towards a brick wall, and it doesn't feel like anyone is trying to get control of the car yet. Four episodes in, and it seems clear, Chibnall hasn't got this right. It's neither wholly fish nor fowl, and I think I prefer red meat. Analysis and criticisms aside, make no mistake, I enjoyed 56 minutes of Chris Chibnall's Doctor Who. Finally. Also, Dan remains remarkably unfazed by everything happening to him. Simon? Well, I've got to start with the cliffhanger because I've, I've made a big deal out of the fact that I love the cliffhangers. And that's just because having cliffhangers is good in itself. But blimey, this was a, an amazingly good uh, cliffhanger both in design and execution, the setup, the build-up, utterly committed performances from the, from the main cast. Um, it, it really worked well. I did see someone ask, has there ever been a better one? And I've been thinking, well, I, although I haven't watched every episode of Doctor Who, it's hard to think. Um, probably The Stolen Earth is the last one that would come close to it. 
the episode obviously is is uh, as you alluded to heavily based on there being a returning monster i think returning monsters are problematic you either have to go for retreading the original story in which they were introduced or adding something to the monster in order to surprise the audience, which actually takes away from the elegance of the original concept. I think that uh, Maxine Alderton and Chris Chibnall did a good job in striking a fine balance uh, between the two in this. It made effective use of of the monster without detracting from it. And it, and it, and it did create a kind of a, a tense episode, even though there were some stretches in terms of the angels having jobs but anyway interesting in that this episode was the same structure as the Sontarans with a kind of a plot and b plot of a related monster of the week story in different time zones with a c plot connected to the overall arc but it didn't seem like that c plot was quite as well integrated this time and actually i did think because the main story had much more about the division in it that was uh, better integrated so it was, it was kind of it was different it was a more well integrated through line speaking of the division i kind of felt like when the division was introduced it was an excuse for why the doctor had forgotten about the timeless children and it was a kind of a, jo- a previous job that she had been released from but now they seem desperate to get her back and i don't know why and i don't know whether that is part of this story but i kind of hope if that's what we're getting then we yeah, we do get an explanation of it Again, in the in the kind of sea line plot, um, because I have really, really been enjoying the Ravagers. There weren't much of them in it, but I I liked Azure's Sermon on the Mount. The, there was a, there was a parallel there that I hadn't picked up before, which is about populism and the way in which the Ravagers are using a natural disaster or possibly natural disaster, a little bit like say a pandemic, in order to voice their particular brand of populism on a willing population when in fact they're only out for themselves so i i I enjoyed that parallel and overall i'm i thought this was a great episode and possibly the best of the series so far which means it's the fourth episode in a row where they have improved on the previous week i am i have in mind something that you said last week it's the hope that kills you i came into flux without too much faith that a through arc would be terribly satisfying. I'm now enjoying this series possibly more than any other series for quite some time. And I just don't want it to go bad now that it's been so good for such a a run of four. So fingers crossed. It's so close though, isn't it? I mean, we're so close to the end that that this is going to have to be, this is going to have to be resolved fairly quickly. And i I don't know. I, I'm thinking the last two parts are going to be sort of more like a two-part story. I know it's, in other words, I think we're not going to have another major thematic shift. I think we're going to go into the last two episodes in the Division Ravagers mode, and we're going to stay there for the last two, now that they've captured the doc, the Doctor. So you, you thought the cliffhanger was great. Um, I have to say, I saw your notes. Uh, beforehand and i saw that you'd put down tse for the possible greatest previous cliffhanger and and i thought that was for the santaran experiment and i thought well <laughs> links yes. pulling his helmet off or strax pulling his helmet off was was kind of not that great but okay <laughs> but stolen earth that's the the doctor regenerating right yes 
yeah okay that was that was that was an excellent one that that truly was an excellent cliffhanger on the on in doctor who possibly very possibly the best i thought this cliffhanger was remember our complaint i think mostly your complaint but it was mine too in the in the first episode halloween apocalypse where they basically had to just cliffhanger 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 to try to cram in all the plot lines at the end and it mm-hmm, it sort of detracted mm-hmm. same thing here except they decided to crash into the middle of the end credits yes beautiful chris cliffhanger and then they i don't know oh by the way i know that was tense but here's some other nonsense going on they they couldn't have put that somewhere else I, I I mean I I think the fact that they didn't put it they they didn't want to put it at the end of the cliffhanger was was obviously the fact that they they felt like they hadn't got anywhere else to put it I guess but I did really feel like it did detract from what was you know one of the greatest cliffhangers of all time and I didn't feel that necessarily I mean in a way I did think these kind of ravages plot elements didn't necessarily need to be there in this episode. Mm-hmm. They were there in order to carry the story forward, and I quite enjoyed them. And where they were placed elsewhere was quite effective in the sense that you get to a kind of natural mini cliffhanger within the story, and then you cut away to this other thing. And that helps to build the suspense for coming back to the, the kind of main plot and finding out what has happened. But that last one... I did. I yeah. I totally agree with you. It was really problematic, and I was surprised they hadn't found somewhere earlier in the episode to wrap that up. I, and I, I, I don't know that I like what they've done to the music. I, I think that also detracted from the cliffhanger because I went from the cliffhanger going oh oh oh, and then I went to what the hell? What's up yeah. with the music? It it didn't it didn't work for me in that respect. It's like this is broken now, and I know maybe that's the point. But and then it, then it breaks. The other thing, you mentioned the the division. I wanted to bring that up. Uh, and I mentioned that they seem incompetent. And that's that's kind of what I meant. I mean, if they're this, you know, if they're five guys running around doing this job, then they're really good at their job. But if they're like this universe, expansive time and space organization that's everywhere, then they're incompetent because they couldn't find the doctor if they wanted the doctor. They, they, you know, it, it just, when, you know, it's like thinking about the Rothschilds or the Bavarian Illuminati, uh, that, you know, these people attribute these far reaching conspiracies with controlling the world. But if you look at it, you go, if they're that far reaching, they're incompetent. And that's kind of what I got out of these guys. It's like suddenly the division became a joke to me at that moment. And that wasn't good, but there you go. It could be that they didn't want the doctor until the flux started up again, right? It could be that it's like now we need the doctor. Yeah, so suddenly yeah. They're out. No, that 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 if if it's something like that, then that's kind of fine. But it it was more the problem for me that I I think I because I have issues with the the timeless children. I'm not sure I like either part of the the story, but it it's like there are two separate reveals in there. There's the fact that the doctor comes from another dimension or whatever. And there's this whole kind of pre Hartnell multi regeneration thing and the, uh, the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. creation of the regenerative process. And then separately from that, there's this whole kind of black ops past employment history. And it's almost like, what's the point of these two 
reveal. It's almost like the second one is there for them to have a reason for her memory to be wiped so that she doesn't remember the first one. And in respect of that, it doesn't have to be like the Division is this incredibly powerful organisation. It just has to be some organisation she worked for that had the power to wipe her mind. Yeah. Next time it's Survivors of the Flux. I, I, I don't understand why Bell and Binder are not together because the, the search for each other isn't interesting. The fact that they seem to be pursuing a course towards the, the, the so-called ravagers and that they apparently have a sense of justice and right and wrong is what makes the, them somewhat interesting uh, you know, trying to correct, right the wrongs of abductions. So I'm thinking we're going to see more of that next time because it's the survivors of the flux that are being picked on as prey. But I don't know. I, I find that a, still a very strange piece of this puzzle. Any final thoughts? I, I mean, I, li- I like the fact that they're, t- that they're using these very um, personal stories to tell uh, a perspective on what would otherwise just be a another kind of threat of universal destruction. So I find that much more interesting personally. Well, next time we'll be back for Survivors of the Flux. Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure as always. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time. <laughs>